Hi, welcome to Debutantes and Debauchery, a book discussion podcast where two best friends get together to drink tea and talk about YA novels. I'm Raina. And I'm Michelle. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing The Skate Racers by Hannah Abigail Clark. It's a contemporary fantasy about teenage witches forming a coven and becoming friends, while witch finders, dude bros, and demons try to ruin their fun. As usual, we discuss all content from the book, so there will possibly be mentions of homophobia, assault, underage drinking, and references to sex. And before we get into the episode, well, we're drinking our favorite honey chamomile tea. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. And have you read anything else recently that was good? Or are you excited to read anything? Um, I am currently reading Priory of the Orange Tree. <gasps> And I'm like a hundred pages into that one. It's hard though, because since we're also reading books for the podcast, I've been like reading like 50 pages and then I read like all of Skate Racers. And then I read another 50 pages and then I started Vespertine. And when I start again, I'm like, wait, who are the characters again? <laughs> which ones are which? And then I pick up. But it's nice because it's actually really good with its characters and that it says like blah, blah, blah. And then like a little title of who they are. Oh, yeah. To help spur my memory again. And then I'm like, oh, right. Not like in other books. (laughs) (laughs) Where you're like, wait, who's Alexis? (laughs) Yeah, that one. (laughs) Spoilers for the... Oh, I just spilled tea all over myself. Oh, no. Oh, it's only a little. This is just tea. Yeah. Just water, basically. Tea water. Leaf juice. There's nothing really, like, sticky in it. There's no sugar or anything. Yeah. We don't drink our tea with sugar. I remember when I used to only drink tea with sugar. I still sometimes drink tea with sugar. Not right now, though. I feel like my teeth are rotting from how much sugar I've been eating over this, like, holiday season. (laughs) Yeah. That reminds me that I never ate that second Reese's cup. Damn. Anyway, um, are you... Have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Or in regards to books that you're reading or want to read or whatever? Let me look at my Goodreads. (laughs) (laughs) Not a sponsor. I certainly hope not. (laughs) We would never take a sponsorship from Amazon. Mm, Amazon's got big money, though. No. I would not do a sponsorship for Amazon. That's where I draw the line. Even if they offered me a bunch of money. Did I talk about Black Sun last time? No. No. I, like, just just read Black Sun. Like, not that long ago. Um, I really, really loved Black Sun. Super awesome. Did I... I can't remember. When did we record the last episode? An eternity later after we yeah. had to search through what we've read recently. Yeah. So I read um, John Dies at the End, which was super, super good. I read Black Sun, super, super good. And I've been reading the Graceling Realm books. I just read the second one. Also very good. Not as... They're uh, about as good as the first one. They're both They're both very, very entertaining, but they're not, like, groundbreaking to me. So I enjoyed them. And then... Um, I'm working on Priory of the Orange Tree. I also started reading Gone Girl ages ago. I'm still planning on reading that. And yeah, what have you been reading? Well, yawn. Um, wow, was I that boring? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. I am currently reading Empire the Vampire. I've been reading it for a little while because I took a break to read Scapegracers. There is no the... And um, I read another book that I just wanted something more comforting because Empire of Vampire is good, but I just was like feeling myself falling into a slump. So I wanted something that I knew I would love, which was I finished the Memoirs of Lady Trent series, which is a, I've talked about it before. 
it's a like alternate historical fiction set it's like a historical fiction set in alternate England and dragons exist and it is extremely good and I just finished the last book and I absolutely loved the whole series I had so much fun with it that was really good I really want to read that I really loved it I guess I'm gonna go from like dragon book to dragon book they're very different <laughs> dragon books because like yeah. part of the orange tree is like epic fantasy the dragons are like mythical creatures yeah. and in the memoirs of lady trent they're not really mythical creatures which i really loved in fact one of the complaints i see in like reviews for the first book are like not enough dragons mm-hmm. because it's like not really about i mean like it's about the dragons but it's not it's about studying the dragons you know it's hard to explain yeah i know i've read other things in the meantime i should have been looking at this I read, in terms of, like, other YA, which I don't usually read a lot of YA outside of the podcast, I read A Lesson in Vengeance by Victoria Lee, which was so much fun. It's, like, um, kind of horror, like, dark academia set at a boarding school with a bunch of pretentious girls that love, like, they're, like, in literary programs and they're, like, pretending, not pretending, they, like, think they're witches. Actually, a tiny bit similar to Scapegraters, but also vastly different in every way. And I give it five stars. <laughs> Spoilers for this coming discussion. It was really good. And I'm really excited. I have, like, some wintry thrillers that I'm going to read over, like, the next couple of Christmas weeks. Because I read One by One when we were on vacation. And it was, like, a wintry thriller. And I absolutely adored it. I'm like, what if I read wintry thrillers during the wintertime? So I'm going to do that. And I'm really excited. Oh, they're, the names of them are... An Unwanted Guest by Sherry Lapina and The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. That makes me want to reread Five Total Strangers. That was a good book. That was a good book. I would totally be willing to reread that. She has other thrillers, though, which could also be good. Yeah. I still think about that part where they're, like, driving down a downhill road that leads to a bridge and, like, their car starts sliding and they get stuck and then a semi starts coming down, going sideways. I still think about that. And they have to choose to, like, drive across the bridge and leave other people to die. Mm-hmm. Chilling. That was a really great book. <laughs> really good. That's what we've been currently reading. Now let's talk about what we just read for the podcast, a.k.a. The Scapegracers. But let's get that out of the way first. The title is just Scapegracers. It's... The 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 scapegracers. The does not need to exist. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. I always call it scapegracers, especially because it's like that's the name of their group, scapegracers. Well, I guess they're the scapegracers. They're the scapegracers. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably gonna call it scapegracers, mostly instead of yeah. The we're not gonna waste our time on the. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like when you write like a a science paper and your teacher goes through and just removes all the time that you use the and they're like no go back and make those sentences make sense without the <laughs> i don't know i've never had a teacher do that oh my science teachers always did that to like teach us because the is like a filler word so it was to teach us um how to make things more concise and it was okay if you needed the but it was kind of like once per paragraph at the most mm. otherwise you needed to rephrase mm. yeah interesting anyway so what did you think of the the scapegracers <laughs> the book not the girl gang coven uh, interesting tell me more <laughs> my also, outro music <laughs> similar feelings for me as well yeah i 
you know, like, when I was reading it, I was like, uh, I mean, it's not great, but it's okay. And then, like, the more... It's only been a few days since I finished reading it, but the more time has passed between me reading it and now, it's like, I just don't even want to think about it, you know? <laughs> I... And you know what? Against like my against my will, basically, I actually do want to because I really despised the book for the first like three fourths, and I probably because I was going in with a slightly negative opinion because I knew that you had disliked it. Yeah. Um, but I really did not enjoy it. I was slogging through it. I was skimming things. Mostly just like every time she would spend like three paragraphs doing some really pretentious description of like what was happening in the bathroom the girl was in (laughs) yeah um really really not enjoying it but regrettably i actually got really into some of the things that were happening in the last like fourth of the book yeah and it kind of made me want to read more of the series even though i gave it like a two-star rating i which pisses me off yeah (laughs) like how dare you end with some interesting things, only to have me want to read the next one. Like, I hated that book, but you, like, tease me with, like, three good things at the end, so I would read more. Yeah. No. (laughs) I even wrote that in my Goodreads review. That, like, I, for the most part, didn't really enjoy the book, but it really felt like it was just setting it up for a second book. Yeah. Because nothing happens. Hardly, hardly anything happens. Yeah, like, the... Okay, one of my biggest gripes is there's, like... This whole thing with, like, the witch hunters, where she literally gets kidnapped. She's held their prisoner overnight. She made... Or not overnight, but she's held their prisoner. She manages to escape. She makes her way back. It's the winter. She's riding her bike through gravel without shoes on. She's barefoot. It says that her limbs turn blue. And then, like, nothing for, like, 150 pages. (laughs) That... Yes. It was like, that meant nothing. And also, like, the the Witchfinder guys were, like, barely a part of the book. It's like they were meant to be the main antagonist, but they weren't the main antagonist. They were just some sort of weird side antagonist. Yeah. And, like, that was really weird. And it seemed like they were going to be so important because she literally got kidnapped by them. And it spent all this time, like... Descri- describing them to you. Oh my god. And which mother was which, and I wrote down who all the brothers were so I wouldn't get them mixed up because I thought they were going to be important characters. I, yeah. Why did it spend so much time on that? Only <laughs> for it to mean almost nothing. They were just a sort of, like, assistant bad guy to yeah. the real, not actually bad guy Madeline. Addie, Madeline. Weird choices. Yeah. I didn't entirely understand... So, like, she was one of their girlfriends. Yeah. And then he, like, found out she was a witch. Yeah, I guess she was dating one of them, and she either... She probably did know they were witch finders, and then he found out that she was a witch, and he took her specter. And she was like, I need revenge because I dated a witch finder, and he did what he's been doing to curls this entire time. I don't know. And then she came and then, yeah. See, that's really annoying to me that the actual main antagonist, I'm just like, who are you? Like, I kind of vaguely understand. She was like getting, she stole um, Sideways 
Spectre yeah. to get powers back so she could go get her Spectre back, I think. Or, or maybe just or to get revenge. Just using, or she just wanted a Spectre. Well, she said she'd give it back after she was done. Yeah, so I guess she's just going to get back her Spectre. Also, it was, like, blatantly obvious that Madeline was going to be, like, the big reveal bad guy. And normally, I don't really actually mind that something is obvious, like, with the Cemetery Boys. I didn't mind that the villain was obvious. I did in this because the rest of the book wasn't good. (laughs) Well, it was also (laughs) frustrating because she was, like, the main love interest. Yeah, in a sapphic book. And they had no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. I was very bored by that. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Sideways had way more chemistry with, like, every other girl in her friend group slash coven than she did with Madeline. Yeah. And I honestly thought that they were going to go that direction. I thought that it was going to be like, oh, we're setting you up with Madeline because she's, like, the cool girl who's in a band and, like, she's mysterious. But, like, along the way, she was going to fall in love with, like, Yates. I thought it was going to be either yeah. Yates or um, Jean. I looked up how to pronounce her name, and it was very difficult to pronounce. <laughs> was I got, like, the Mandarin pronunciation, and I couldn't pronounce it huh? that way. How did you pronounce it? I'm about to say something that's going to be very upsetting to a lot of people. I just pronounced it Jing. I think it's Jing. Okay. It's not like Jing, with yeah. a hard... But, like, with a, g- a slight Y sound. I think. Like Jing. Jing. I think so. Okay, Again, so I got maybe, a, maybe I got I'm like the Mandarin pronunciation was like impossible for me to pronounce. It just it wasn't something I could pronounce. Yeah, with my English. <laughs> yeah, with our English mouths. Ying. So I think it was something like ying. I, again, I can't make the noise. Um. Anyway, but I thought it was gonna like set it up that she was gonna fall in love with one of them. Pro- I thought it was probably gonna be Yates. Same. Which one of them was by? Was it? It was Ying. Was um. Or, fuck. <laughs> Jing was bi, and Yates said she was probably queer. Yeah. When they were, like, having that heart-to-heart. Yeah. And then Daisy was straight. Yes. Daisy was, like, aggressively straight. Also, Daisy was just, like, aggressive in general, too. True. Not a fan. Okay. What to talk about next? The book was just so edgy. Yeah. And it was trying way too hard to be edgy. Yeah. Uh, like did the whole unhinged thing but like wrong it was trying too hard for them to be like feral unhinged girls feral that's the word but it was just trying too hard and like it's like every other sentence when they were talking was like oh my god fuck men i'm gonna yeah hit them with a baseball bat fuck i'm gonna swear again oh my god yeah that was like every other sentence was just that drove me nuts the whole like ugh. It was just so frustrating to me reading a young adult book where it's supposed to be, like, empowering girls. And I don't know why some people view it as, like, in order to empower young girls, we have to talk about them getting back at the douchebags. Yeah. Like, it just makes them about the douchebags. And you can have a book that does that and sort of in, like, like, Nowhere Girls. Yeah. The Nowhere Girls is a book entirely about rape culture and how shitty guys can be. But, I mean, I don't know. It's just, this book was just trying so hard. It was, like, it was trying to be, like, revenge porn. Almost. Kind but of. in, like, a feminist. It was, like. I mean, not actually feminist, but, like, trying to be feminist. Weird. Yeah. I just can't. Just, it was just too pretentious and edgy. And I, like, actually, like I was saying, like, I just read A Lesson in Vengeance, which is, like, 
very pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but this... Also, some of the writing in this, like, drove me up the wall. The pretentious style of writing. Yeah. And it act, it got better as it went on, and the book became more about, like, the actual plot. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was just more actual plot happening and action scenes happening and, like dialogue happening but when she was just the author uses all three all three pronouns interchangeably so i don't know i guess i'll just try to switch um but when they used like really pretentious flowery descriptive language in the beginning particularly it was just exhausting and like i wrote down some quotes or at least some pages okay in particular one just really stood out to me so like they're all hanging out and Daisy like hugs sideways but instead of saying anything like Daisy hugged me or Daisy put her arms around me or anything she says she extended her arms crossed them over my sternum and twinned them around my ribs I can't I what unnecessary why would you describe it like that the whole the whole book is like that like unnecessarily describing things and that like oh I'm extremely artsy way she extended her arms and crossed them over my sternum and twinned them over my ribs (sighs) yeah i couldn't stand it i really couldn't and that was the only like one that i wrote down because that was one that like drove me nuts the most but like all the writing was like that i agree in the beginning there was like a noticeable number of times where she talked about the taste in her mouth Mm -hmm. and i was like girl brush your teeth (laughs) also i'm I think this is just, this is something that most books do, which I think I'm just so over the whole, I picked up this piece of clothing from somebody else and it smelled like her, it smelled like rust and grass and vague flowers. And I'm like, I can't, but that's not specific to this book. Most books do that. And I'm like, really? I don't, when I smell things from somebody else, I'm like, yeah, this smells like my friend Michelle, but I do not think this smells like my friend Michelle. It has notes of... I could not pick out things that, like, my... I can't... <laughs> the writing drove me up the wall! <laughs> Again, it got better as it went on because there was less description, but the beginning was also just so, like... Uh, the beginning was so, like... You know, okay, there was this really dumb thing that happened. You probably... I don't know, maybe you noticed this, maybe you didn't. But they're, like, going to class... And she, like, sits down, and then it's like, late, said the teacher, bite me, I'm here, aren't I? I took a seat toward the back of class and pulled my homework out, smoothed it flat, smiled as if to say, screw you, sir. The teacher blinked. He coughed once and stared at his computer screen. Roll call. And then he calls her name. He says, Eloise Pike? I rub my temples. It's sideways. Sideways isn't a name, he said. His brow wrinkled up like a sharp haze. Alexis, sitting beside me, piped up. Literally everyone calls her sideways. Everyone. Her name is sideways. Why would you go by sideways? He grimaced. This is 273 pages into the book. 273 pages. Is this her first day of class? I guess maybe it's a sub. (laughs) Why? Okay. First of all, why is this scene in here? To, well, you you have to keep reading. There's a, there's a gay joke. The next line is a gay joke. Yeah. Why would you go by sideways? It's because I'm not straight. I shot gun hands at him. I A part of me shriveled up and died in, at that sentence. In general, I think the representation was actually pretty good in this book. Aside from everything else, I actually liked it. I thought the characters were decently realized and actually had personalities outside of their sexuality. Yeah. 
it wasn't overbearing, but they did mention it a lot. And there's actually one scene I'll talk about later that I really enjoyed. But that, that kind of killed me. <laughs> it's because I'm not straight. Finger guns. How is this the first time that this teacher has come across her nickname? Yeah, also, because, like, okay, she says she's going to math. They're in the same hallway. Um, we neared the class. Oh, and the whole flipping people off thing. Also, it doesn't. Yeah, it does not say anything about the teacher being a sub. No. Or no, presumably, she has had this teacher for the whole school year, <laughs> and but he is just asking now why her name is sideways, and also a, he called her Eloise. So this, te- either they do this every single day. <laughs> they do this every single day, and every single day she says that her name. Which, if that's true, then the shitty, shitty teacher. <laughs> that makes. Oh, I know it drove me. And there's. It's because I'm not straight. Finger guns. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, but lots of people really like this book. And maybe it's because we're not teenagers. I don't know. Maybe. And a teenager who... I, I can see a teenager who is, like, identifying with that whole sort of edgy thing mm-hmm. would maybe enjoy this. Maybe. Yeah. But that's just, like, a plot hole. That's, like, a huge mistake there. She should have said it's a substitute. One little line to say we had a substitute today. Yeah. And that would have made that whole scene make sense, and it would have had an easy way to, ex- you know, quote-unquote explain why her name is Sideways, etc. I feel like... And it would have been vaguely amusing, maybe. I, I feel like the um, publishing company was like, wait, you never explained why her name was Sideways. And then they were like, she was like thinking, she was like, how do I do this? She was like, oh, I got a show not tell. <laughs> anyway, uh, I have to bring up another obnoxious scene regarding sexuality, because um, it also drove me absolutely up the wall. Um, Wait, I have one that's like two pages before that. I have one that's also very close to this, so maybe same one. We'll see. Oh, (laughs) it's when Sideways is in class and her other friend, Mickey Dick, her other queer friend comes up and he's like, (laughs) saw you with... Yeah. They mentioned before that Daisy, that um, not Daisy, um, Mickey Dick Dick is, is trans. Oh, okay. Because they talk about how like... Um, he managed to, like, get the whole school to stop calling them, calling him his dead name, but then they gave him a stupid oh, name, like, Mickey yeah, Dick. Yeah, 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 but he, like, yeah, owns yeah. Mickey Dick. Yeah. Anyway, he comes up and he's like, I saw you with Daisy Brink this morning. And she's like, yeah, whatever. He says, she's a total bitch sideways. Since when do you hang out with breeders anyway? She's bad news, she and her friends. You're so much cooler than them. What the fuck are you doing? And then... She's like, don't be like that. And then Mickey Dick is like, she's straight sideways. I'm looking out for you. <laughs> that just... I that drove me insane. Why? Why would you... Why would you want to include a scene where her, like... Supposedly her only other friends, who are also queer, and just like... Why? What's the point of adding a scene to show just, like, gay people being unnecessarily rude about hanging out with a straight person. That's not, like... Not to say that every YA book has to be positive, but that's just also, like, an unnecessarily mean thing to put in a book. Yeah. Especially as, like, a queer author. Yeah. Which I know the author is. It's just... Why? Also, what... Who uses the word breeders these days? I'm sorry. (laughs) Maybe people do. (laughs) I don't know. That's just stupid. Also... God, I just, I hated that. Anyway, find the quote that you wanted to find. <laughs> this just, ugh, just bothers me. This is a very ranty episode. It is. Eventually, we'll talk about a couple of things that we liked. I do have a couple things. They're all at the end of the book, though. I had to slog through, like, 
250, 300 pages to get there. Is the point of all these school scenes just to show that she, like, has friends at school now? Except her friends are assholes. Oh, I I thought you meant, like... No, I meant, like, her coven. Yeah, to show their friends at school now. But, like, none of them... All of them are mean in some way. I don't mean, like, the girls in the coven. I mean, like, all of the scenes are, like, mean in some way. Yeah. And it's... I, I get it's trying to be, like, edgy, but, like, I just really don't like this focus. She, like, she says, like, oh, I don't care about what anybody thinks, but she always, like, goes out of her way to, like, flip people off and, like, insult people and do all these other things to, like, protect herself, I guess, in just, like, a really obnoxious way. Anyway, the one that I was annoyed at was when they're passing notes in class and Daisy passes a note to this guy, and he opens it, and he's like, what the fuck? And then the teacher's like, language, Mr. Grass. Um, and Daisy and Sideways are passing back and forth notes, and Sideways asks, what the hell did you write? And then Daisy says, I told him that he only lasted three minutes with his girlfriend because we hexed his cock. Good guess, right? Yeah. You know what I mean about, like, everything that they do that's bonding is, like, mean to someone? They had a couple of scenes where they were, like, chilling together, having sleepovers. One of them she got kidnapped during. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's the edgy thing again. It's just, <laughs> it's just, I was never going to like it because, specifically because of the edgy tone. I can do pretentious. I can't do pretentious and edgy. I, I just, I don't like edgy. I really don't. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I guess I should have seen that coming because the tagline is party hard, hex harder. And, like, I guess the whole description, maybe, I don't look at it. Yeah, see, this isn't a book that I would, like, normally pick for myself. And that's part of why I wanted to pick it for the podcast. <laughs> it's a book that I, I might read. To, I wanted to branch out a little bit. Yeah. This isn't the type of book I would typically read. I might have because I like books about witches. Um, but I probably, I don't know. Now I know so much about the book, it's hard to say objectively whether I would have wanted to read it but this would have been like one of those like oh yeah I I, I could try it and then I'd put it on my to be read and I'd never get around to it yeah I like witches yeah but I just can't do the edgy it's just really really not for me and I think it's probably much more suited to actual teenagers I guess that are in their edgy phase maybe maybe it just comes across so dis I don't know fake trying really really hard too hard and this is actually a book that i would have liked because i like the premise of girls forming a coven Mm -hmm. which actually i got at the end a sort of a little bit of what i wanted but the parts with magic were pretty cool the magic system was cool i found the magic system kind of vague yet also complicated at the same time and also whenever she spoke something i wanted to cringe out of my seat you know what i'm talking about (laughs) You know, when she's like, we are the thunder and we demand. I gotta find one of them. Also, as a sidebar, on page 278, they, the line is, that smells orgasmic. <laughs> and I could not handle that either. It's all around 270. Just skip, like, those five pages. <laughs> Get rid of those five pages in the book and it'll be better. Oh, yeah. She says stuff like, I call the chill in the air. I call down the lightning. I call, f- I cry for chaos. We want something impossible. Give us decadence. Give us something obscene. Give us something to sink our teeth anew. We demand magic. Fuck you, reality. Tonight is a dream. I just couldn't stand that. 
I'm sorry. That's not even that bad. Yeah. That was just a personal preference. I, I couldn't stand whatever they did that sort of, I don't know. Yeah. I liked that it was, like, vague and also complicated, because that feels like how magic would be if it existed. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I just found it annoying, because when it was vague, yeah. I was annoyed that they weren't really explaining it, because a lot of times the explaining was just, it happens. Yeah. And then and then it got really complicated, like, especially when the guys showed up, and they started just, like, info-dumping all this information about specters and their little magic thing that made her stop talking. And like, that was just, I would skim all that. I was like, this does not matter. This is way too complicated. They found her. They figured out that she was the witch. They made her like frozen. That's, I, there was way too much like extraneous information about like. Yeah. And with those like, with those witch detector things, like that's just a trump card. <laughs> what are they doing dicking around? <laughs> Just use those all the time. Also, I was actually really confused because what I thought was going to happen. So when you know, like, they showed up and they were looking for a witch. I assumed they were looking for Addie because that's what the book said. They said they were looking for Addie. They said that, like, Yates wasn't the right one. Mm-hmm. And then they touched the little thing to sideways and, like, it was the right color. Because, but then I was like, oh, well, that that, that made me think that Madeline had given her magic to sideways. Because I was like, oh, they're looking for the color of Madeline's magic or specter and they found it on sideways. Mm. So they must be... And then I thought at the end when she took her magic back, I thought she had been storing her magic in sideways. That would have been cooler. sideways would have been captured and not her. And then at the end she took it back and it turned out sideways had no magic, which wouldn't really make sense because she was doing magic prior to that. You'd have to rework the entire plot, but yes. yes. But that's why I was kind of confused why like... Their little magic detector thing lit up on... Because it, it does it based off of um, powerful like, magic yeah. in the area. Yeah. So I, think I they was just... I thought that the color had something to do with it. Mm, and, like, yeah. that they were looking for Madeline's, like, specific signature, you know? They also didn't talk about what was up with the deer. They were just kind of like, you shouldn't have used deer. It was too obvious. Yeah. I don't know what was up with the deer. Like, did he place them there? Everything with the Witchfinders was just stupid and it made had nothing to do with the plot, basically. It just needed... Which was upsetting because they were actually good villains. Yeah, they were kind of interesting. Yeah. And also, like, but yeah, it just they were just there so that Madeline had something to run from and a reason to steal Sideways' magic. And they were just, like, way too... And, yeah, that's another thing that's really frustrating to me is because in a book that's supposed to be about girl power, the main antagonist, her whole storyline is just she's getting back at her boyfriend. Is that what that is? Also, this is totally a random thing, but it's to do with the magic. And it's bothered me intensely. So when they were cursing Chet (laughs) with the Barbie doll, they, like, passed the Ken doll around and started writing stuff on him. And so Daisy picked it up first and wrote where the doll's clavicle should be. Thou shalt not look at girls with nasty intentions. And then they kept writing things. They wrote, like, four different thou shalt not. How <laughs> were they writing all of this on the Barbie doll? <laughs> she wrote that where his clavicle was supposed to be. How the fuck did you write one, two, three, four, five, six, nine words where a Ken doll's clavicle is supposed to be? What the- what is happening? <laughs> they have a really fine tip sharpie and they're like teeny tiny baby. Yeah, I thought that too while they were running, but I was like, whatever. It I bothered also me. thought that that was gonna also be more of a thing because she brought she went under her bed. She brought out a whole 
drawer of Barbies. And they, like, decided what Barbie was going to be Chet. And I thought the whole thing was going to be, like, them, like, helping empower other girls with, like, this power that they found. But then they did that once. They didn't really care about other girls very much. No, it Also, was just... Alexis. Shout out to Alexis. <laughs> Alexis was mentioned in the very first chapter as being the DJ. And then I forgot who Alexis was. But they kept mentioning Alexis. They would just randomly bring her up. It was like... They thought she was more of a major character than she was. But really, she was just a side character. Yeah. She was not even a side character. She was a background character. She showed up at the party, and then she, like, spoke up once during class, and then they mentioned her a handful of times. And it was really weird, and I was like, who the fuck is, like, they were acting like she was, like, a really good friend of theirs and, like, part of their group. But she was just a background character. Yeah. Like, I literally, I write down the characters' names, and I literally didn't even write down her name. Yeah, I was in the middle of reading it, and I just, like, went out of the room to, like, ask Michelle, like, who the fuck is Alexis? And then I finally figured it out, like, ten pages later. That's such a nitpick, though. I just couldn't figure out who Alexis it's was. It's not much of a nitpick, because they mention her, like, a noticeable amount of times. Maybe that's my fault, because I was skimming a little bit. I read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I read the entire book, and I could not tell you who Alexis was. That smells orgasmic. I'm going to say that every time I smell one of your candles. That smells orgasmic. Ooh, speaking of, like, descriptions in this book um, that were certainly something. So, I liked her dads. They were fun. They were nice guys. But there was a description of Julian when he was in the store. And it says, it was Julian behind the counter. He was sitting with his legs crossed and he was wearing a sweater with elbow patches. His curls were pinned out of his eyes with a copper clip. He sat with Anne Rice in one hand and an Earl Grey in the other. And Schnitzel, a skinny tomcat who lived in the shop, was perched on his shoulder like, like a vibrating stole. That was, that's actually a, a normal description. I just absolutely laughed at the fact that her father is just like this walking, talking, like hipster stereotype who wears these shoulder, these, yeah these sweaters with elbow patches and he has curls that are like pinned out of his eyes and he's sitting there with his Earl Grey and his Anne Rice and I'm just... (laughs) That just made me laugh. It's not anything bad or good. It just really made me laugh. (laughs) Okay. I do have a few things that I liked about it. We can talk about the end. Because I'm excited. I'm curious to hear your opinion of the end because I actually started to really enjoy parts of it. Not all of it, but enough for me to give this 2.5 instead of 2 stars. And annoyingly make me actually interested to read the sequel, which again, I am more annoyed about than excited about because I don't want to read another book by this author because I don't like her tone. Their I don't like their writing. I don't like the tone. I don't like the edginess. But they fucking grabbed me yeah. with the stupid little stuff. I'm angry that they did. That they, I'm angry that the author actually did good things at the end. So I liked. I really liked Mr. Scratch, the, like Ink Demon. Yeah. Really, favorite character, by far. Loved Mr. Scratch. They should have introduced Mr. Scratch earlier in the book. (laughs) That would have been really cool, because the whole concept there I loved, but it was only developed in, like, the last, like, 50 pages. The whole, every coven has, like, a book demon that, like, lives in their books and, like, helps teach them magic, and he's, like, kind of their dad, kind of their brother, because he's, like, talking about them being, like, his sisters, but he's also, like, my children, my girls, and I thought that was really cute that, like, every coven has this book demon that, like, looks out for them, and he talked about how, like, he got burned and all his girls were killed, and I was like, oh, that's so sad, and I liked his name, and I liked how he was introduced, it was actually kind of creepy, when they were, like, leaving the darkened attic, and there was, like, a voice, 
was like, I'm Mr. Scratch. That was cool. And that was kind of scary. And he was very cute and fun. And I love that concept. And I liked Delacroix House. How like when yes. they were in really big trouble, they like called Delacroix House and they were all waiting there to help them. And that was cute. And the whole like community of witches was cute and having the ink demon. Those were like actually interesting concepts, but they weren't developed until the end and they were only developed just to like spur the second book. <sighs> I really liked Mr. Scratch too, but my huge issue, not with Mr. Scratch as a character, but you have Sideways who's never talked to anyone else about magic. She's like in the, when, when she's at the bar, she's talking to the head person of the Delacroix house Mm -hmm. and she's like trying to talk to him more and her friends are like dragging her away because they don't trust him and she's like trying to understand and then you have Mr. Scratch who's an actual demon trying to talk to her about how magic works and she was so interested in it two seconds ago and I'm very interested in what Mr. Scratch is trying to tell her but she keeps cutting him off and being like it's my life like, what? I guess you didn't want to listen to him because he's a demon. Sideways. Sideways, <laughs> who this entire book has been trying to convince us how edgy she is. Doesn't want to listen to a demon. Doesn't want to listen to a demon. Even to hear what it has to say. Yeah. No interest in a demon. There's not a whole lot of character development in this book. But if there's one thing I know about Sideways, she would have spoken to a demon. So that just drove me nuts. That was, yeah, that was annoying. That was like, when that was happening, I was so annoyed because I was like, finally something interesting is happening. Mm. He's about to say something really cool. And then she'd just be like, it's my life. I liked the conversation in the bar, though. Yes. I liked the conversation between, the whole interaction between Sideways and Jing. Mm -hmm. Because I thought that was the most, like, real conversation in the book. They didn't have any stupid edginess added into it. They were actually being honest and real. And I liked that. Uh, it was a really cute conversation, and I liked when Maurice came in, because he was fun, and that was also an interesting conversation, until Jing dragged them away. Um, yeah. The bar scene was probably my favorite. Like, my favorite scene, and that's not hard to have a favorite scene, because I hated everything else, but <laughs> that was, like, my favorite scene, and, and Mr. Scratch was, like, the most interesting character, and, like, the lore around, the actual interesting witch lore that got added in the end was really interesting. You know what would have been really cool is starting with the scene where Mr. Scratch is, like, created. Not as, like, a book. But, but like, like, a prologue? When, when he gets burned. Yeah. When he and his witch coven get burned. And then having, like, maybe 75 pages of all of the, like, you know, the sleepover, getting to know each other, and then they find Mr. Scratch. Yes. <laughs> yes. They should have... They should have... They should have gone to, like, have the whole attic scene earlier. Yeah. Which, how far in did that happen? Really far. Okay, it happened at about, like, roughly, like, page 225. So, over halfway into the book, they went up to the attic and, like, Which makes scratched. me think that that was supposed to be, like, the climax of the book. But it wasn't. The climax was the party at the end. Yeah. But, like, the attic thing should have happened at the beginning because it was, like, a spurring moment. It got them to, like realize things about how they had there's like covens and there's these books that kind of talk and there's like this she has to learn the first magic before she realizes the second magic yeah and they meet mr scratch and it would have been really cool to see them develop with mr scratch as like their mentor and like their their ink demon that would have been cool yeah if that had happened in the beginning 
And okay, this is just a personal preference because I'm not a huge fan of the whole teen party thing, but it would have been cool if they had met at that Delacroix house. Like if she was there with her dads mm. to like go to the auction um, and like they were there just because like they're rich. I don't know. Then they like met maybe and gone to the attic. And like that was like the inciting moment where like they were fumbling around in the attic together and they didn't trust each other, but like they were exploring and then they met Mr. Scratch and he like brought them together and they became like a coven. Yeah. I guess it like, goes against the whole girl power theme of the book because then like a male demon is getting them together and they don't get to have their little girly slumber parties. I don't know. But it just would have made more sense for them to meet him earlier. I still liked the party scene other than Madeline. Yeah. She was extremely uninteresting. Because like it was just obvious that she was going to be some big reveal, probably a bad guy, and she had no personality outside of being the mysterious girl. Part of the reason I was so disappointed is that so many of the things where I was like, even in the beginning where I was interested in, it just didn't lead to anything. Like, the deer in the pool, that was like a thing. Like, a girl passed out after talking to a man, woke up in an empty pool surrounded by dead deer who didn't have any physical marks on their bodies and that were like arranged in an array. That is creepy. And then it was just like, oh yeah, that's just how it is. And then they just moved on. And it was never mentioned again. Like, what is that? It was a really frustrating book. And the whole, like, the party where there were, like, there was, like, distorted music and the symbols appearing on the wall. And you thought that that might be more of a thing. Like, did she open a portal to another world or something? And then it was just like, and then that was over. There were no consequences to her giant spell. She felt kind of shitty the next day. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Also, like, the levitating thing? Why did Yates randomly levitate in the attic? Maybe these will be answered in book three. Maybe Yates is now cursed. Book three, not even book two. You Wait, wait, was it was it Yates or was it Daisy that was levitating? It was Daisy. It was Daisy. Sorry. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll be answered in book two. And, like, now Daisy is, like, cursed for something she did in the attic. But, again, that also would know. They were just like, oh, my God, she levitated. That's sick. Let's all levitate. <laughs> I did, like... Sorry. There's this um, YouTuber, I don't even know what his YouTube name is, but he uh, summarizes, or he doesn't summarize movies, but he does this thing where it's like him going into an office and explaining a movie to an ex- a producer. Yeah, it's like, I don't remember what it's called. I know what you mean. I've watched yeah. those before. Where he's like, he like says like, and then this thing happens and the, the producer is like, oh, and that's the problem. And then he's like, nope, barely an inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> that was this entire book. Yeah. I mean, there were, outside of the edginess, I did enjoy some of the girl bonding scenes. Yeah. And I liked how they didn't go down the whole I'm not like other girls thing. Like, Sideways was, like, not like the other girls. But they didn't really go down that road of, like, Sideways, like, they're all sluts and I'm not like them because I'm cool. As far as I remember, there wasn't really anything like that. She wasn't really friends with them and she, she was sort of wondering why they wanted to be friends with her. But there was never any of the, like, not like other girl stuff, which made me happy. And some of the girl bonding was fun. Yeah, some of it was fun. The stuff that wasn't edgy edgy or mean to other people, because I guess for some reason, if you're mean to a boy, it's not being mean. If you're mean to a boy, it's feminism. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I also just expect more nuance from feminist books written in literally, like, this was published, like, what, this year? Yeah. If you're going to write an edgy feminist, like, girl boss witch book, you don't have to rely on 
oh, we hate men, we curse b- dude bros. Like, I mean, like, the guys in this were shitty and they were doing shitty things, but, like, a little more nuance, please. Well, I didn't pick this one. <laughs> Michelle picked it. I'm glad you're happy that you were disappointed in this book. I'm just happy that I didn't pick it. <laughs> um, do you have anything else to say? This was a really ranty episode. This was up there with our most... This actually, this is up there with our most ranty episodes, because at least in some other ones, we had more positive things to say. I don't know. This is definitely down with the worst books we've read for the podcast, in my opinion. Yeah. For me, this is down there with Ray Bearer and Let's Talk About Love. I feel like this is better than those, but it's it, not much. Honestly, I would rank this below Children of Virtue and Vengeance, mm-hmm. and I would rank it below... Maybe it's just because maybe I need to stew in it a little bit more, but I think I would rate this above Let's Talk About Love, but below Children of Virtue and Vengeance and um, Ray Bear. Like, I think the only book worse than this for me was Let's Talk About Love. I think maybe it's because in general I like Ray Bear and Children of Virtue and Vengeance were like epic fantasy. Maybe I like mm-hmm. was willing to give them more slack because they actually had some cool things going for them. Maybe it's just because I read it more recently, but. Yeah. I would say like. At the top of that shit list, Ray Bear is the best, and then, and then Skate Greasers, and then Children of Virtue Inventions, and then Let's Talk really, About Love. I would put, personally, Children of Virtue Inventions at the top. I think it's just been so much time now past that I, I don't know, my love for the first book is sort of coloring the fact that, like, I hate the second book, but also I liked, <laughs> it's a sequel, so, like, I liked the characters, so... It's hard to explain. I think it's because it's a sequel. Mm. I, like, like it more and I actively want to read the next one. See, it had the opposite effect for me. Interesting, yeah. I love the characters so much that it makes me angrier that they were yeah. just whatever that entire book. But, yeah, those, yeah, this is definitely at the bottom for me. I think I'm going to, I'm going to, re- <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to rescind my point five. <laughs> this is just going down to a two. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to lower mine to a two. You know, if you like this book, good for you. We say that whenever we hate a book. Because everything is totally subjective. Everything is subjective. People love Ray Bearer. And plenty of people hated books that we love. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be. Plenty of people loved Let's Talk About Love. That's true. Plenty of people hated... um, Well, actually, we'll go into this one. We're going to be doing a... I'll promo it again, because I talked about it last episode, but we're going to be doing very soon a, like, retrospective of the year and of the podcast in general, and uh, we're going to be... Is there anything I should be getting ready for that? Nope. I've just prepared... I'm going to fly in blind. You're going to fly in blind. I have prepared... We're going to be talking about some, like, statistics of, like, the books we've read, because I have some interesting ones. And I'm going to add a male author to that statistic. Oh, wait, no. Well, no. We're no, not that's going to be for next year. Anyway, spoilers, but we're going to be talking about some statistics, interesting statistics about the books we've read, and we're going to be talking about just our general feeling on the books we've read, and I've got like a fun little game. We're not going to be ranking all the books because you generally know our ranking. We've already done the ranking last year. Maybe we'll do, maybe next year we'll do like a big one, but we're not going to do another one this year. But I do have a fun little game for us to play. And then we're going to generally talk about like other books we've read this year in just a general 2021 retrospective. It'll probably be a long episode. Because Probably. we can talk for hours when we have... When we do regularly. When, when, the, when the topic is just books. <laughs> Which it often is. <laughs> we, can, we can talk for hours. When the topic is one book, you know. Although this is going to be a long episode as well. Yeah. I feel like I 
I, I don't edit very frequently, but I feel like when I do... <laughs> you get the big boys. the big boys. <laughs> and then my computer is like, chug it all. But yeah, so our thoughts on Scape Racers. And again, if you the love... Scape Racers. <laughs> I refuse to admit that that exists. Anyway, if you liked it, um, tell us why. Twitter? Wait, 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 one more thing. With the name The Scape Racers, I thought it was going to be like, toward the beginning of the book, let's form a coven. Not like... The last 25 pages. I mean, again, if they had, like, met Mr. Scratch earlier, they probably would have formed a coven earlier. You're right. Because as it stands, really, like, the coven part of it... Well, I guess they were doing magic in the beginning. I don't know. I found the beginning very disjointed. Anyway, we were finishing this. Yeah, okay. Let's finish. <laughs> Not like we couldn't keep going, but... Yeah. It's been almost an hour. And that wraps up the discussion. <laughs> Hope you enjoy the episode. If you want to find us, we're on Twitter at DebutantPod. Let us know what you thought of the book. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree? What books would you like us to discuss next? You can also find us on anchor.fm slash debutantes dash and dash debauchery and on our website, debutantesanddebaucherypodcast.blogspot.com. Next time, we'll be reading Vespertine by... You paused for so long, I thought you were going to do it. You said woo. Oh. Are you saying wait? No, you said woo. And next time we'll be reading Vespertine by Margaret Rogerson. That episode will be out in three weeks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Wait, this was also our last episode of the year. Oh, happy new year. (laughs) (laughs) Happy new year. Happy (laughs) end of 2021. Last episode of the year. Woo. Goodbye.